1: Who through life has been my guide and live needs to find his comfort through my bathing him to drown for I know
0: whatever
1: I didn't come to condemn these people, I come to save them. And then we know in Mark chapter three, he Jesus gave them a nickname. Remember what it was? sons of thunder (laughs) and so I think there's a little bit of both going on here you know he kept them close to him because they were kind of knuckleheads like you and me and don't be offended you know okay just like me just like me but they are also important to the early church and Jesus is teaching them and so but notice this in in verse 1 it says this and he said to them assuredly I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. This is before he takes his little group of three up the mountain. This is when he's standing with the 12. And I have to tell you, verse 1 in chapter 9 shouldn't be here. It should be in chapter 8. You'll see how they're connected. They are in another gospel as well. But really what Jesus is saying, he's saying, and he said to them when it says, Surely I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Some have assumed that then it is talking about the mountain of transfiguration because it comes right before that. But remember this is actually to be included with the the teaching where he was saying you have to pick up your cross and die. You have to it's the greatest exchange by the way. You give up your life and he gives you eternal life. You die to self and he gives you life eternal. It's an amazing thing. But this doesn't really include or doesn't really go with the teaching today. It doesn't take away from what we're about to see because Jesus being transfigured is remarkable, but I don't believe this is what Jesus is talking about. Because remember all of these 12 disciples are still alive after the Mount of Transfiguration. Look at Jesus' words. He says, there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. So that, that alludes to the fact that some will not. Someone or something or some, some among them will die. And we know the story. We know that Judas would betray Jesus. I believe what Jesus is talking about here in verse 1 is the kingdom, when it says the, the kingdom of God present with power he's talking about the cross of Golgotha, the cross of Calvary. I believe he's talking about his, his death on the cross his burial, his resurrection, because remember all the disciples make it except Judas so some would make it to see that day but Judas would not he killed himself, because he betrayed his friend. And I tell you there's such an important lesson in that and I, I mention it every chance I get Because there are people who who walk with Jesus, who claim him as Lord, and yet they're nothing more than a modern Judas. And it breaks my heart because Judas was with them all. You're going to see he's with them as Jesus teaches them personally. He called him friend. Jesus called him friend, and yet Judas missed it. And he didn't see the kingdom of God present with power. But remember this, too. You know, um, in the Gospel of uh, Matthew chapter sixteen, it actually keeps those verses together that I'm talking about. The first verse of chapter nine, it actually keeps them together in chapter sixteen, and then it separates the the new chapter starts with the six day uh, gap. And so let's look at that. There's a six day gap. Verse two then says this: Now after six days Jesus took Peter James and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. This is incredible. So it's not only a foreshadow of things to come, more on that, but this word transfigured is metamorpho in the Greek. (laughs) You might be able to recognize what our English word is. Metamorphosis, to be transfigured into something totally different. Could you imagine being present for this? You know, we in our, you know, physical eyes, many of us, most of us never get to see anything supernatural or any kind of miracle that's tangible. We just trust the Lord. We have faith. Don't get me wrong. He does little miracles in our life all the time. But could you imagine standing there and all of a sudden Jesus is transfigured before them? Transfigured where his glory begins to emanate. And we know this. You know, you've heard me use that. The term is, theological term is hypostatic union. The God-man. Where he's fully man and fully God. We don't fully comprehend it. But it's an amazing thing. And if you think about this. Jesus really on the Mount of Transfiguration is just displaying who he really is. Who he is, who he was, and who he'll forever be. He's emanating light from within. It's an amazing thing, but remember this. He walked among us as a humble carpenter, as a simple man. The Gospel of Matthew, though, describes this transfiguration as this. In Matthew seventeen two, it says, and he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Talk about lighting up a room. You know, I think about this, too, when we study out prophecy and we study out the New Jerusalem and the Millennial Kingdom. You know, the New Jerusalem is going to be this amazing, massive city. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be perfect. Jesus will be the light of that city. Scripture tells us that there'll be no need for the sun, S-U-N, because the S-O-N will fill it up. And we know there is no shadow of turning in him. So think about this light with no shadow. In the New Jerusalem, it will be completely lit up. No shadows. How neat will that be? Because the light will emanate from him. From Jesus Christ. Just think about that. I love this. Verse 3 though, in Mark chapter 9, says his clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. What a practical verse. No bleach, no soap can make them that white. You know, reminds me, and some of you know this, this story of mine, and it's, again, this will prove to you I'm a knucklehead, but you know a couple years back it was dead of winter we were our washing machine was starting to go out and uh, <laughs> I was like I need to get a washing machine but then it crashed and we needed laundry done bad and we needed it for the next day and so I went and got a washing machine got the old one out in the garage set up the new one it didn't work it was a used one So I was like oh so I called there's a couple here in the church who had one I was like great so I went over to their house and got it did the same thing tore out the old one put in the new one I was starting to have a collection of washing machines in my garage and I put it in, and it wouldn't work. Now, later I found it was really just a calcium buildup. I could have cleared it up, but I didn't know that at the time. So now I have an extra washing machine, by the way. So it's kind of cool. And I need it, so you, you'll hear from my story. So, so then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? We need to have this washing machine. And uh, so I call a friend of mine, and he says, you know, this pastor, he actually sells washing machines. I'm like, really? A pastor sells washing That's great. So I called him up, and he goes, I'll just give you one, brother. I'm like, oh. I answer to prayer so I drive all the way to Boise in the winter weather you know and I I get this washing machine I'm so thankful and I get all the way home and it didn't work I draw, pulled the old one out so now I've got three old washing machines sitting in my garage and I I call him and I said you're not gonna believe it but it won't work he said you know what come back I have a Maytag I guarantee this one will work okay and so I'm like okay it's getting late at night and we got to have laundry done so I drive all the way to Boise I go to the facility where this is at I get it all loaded we help another guy who's there trying to unload his stuff because he's going to like Qatar or something like that for to as a helicopter mechanic or something like that and so we help him I get home it's late well actually here I didn't make it home so here's the story so I get the washing machine in the back of the truck and I'm driving down the freeway I make it all the way down the freeway you know and I drive the speed limit you know right not supposed to lie in church so I get down the freeway, I'm getting ready to go over the overpass to about a mile and a half from my house and the wind is whipping, it's snow and ice coming down. It was uphill both ways, I mean this story's going to change, but here's the thing. All of a sudden out of the corner of my eye in the mirror, I see this, I'm like, oh what was that? It was the door to the top of the washing machine. It broke off. And I'm thinking, oh worst case scenario, that just went down on the freeway, probably caused a six car pileup, I'm in trouble. Um, I get to the bottom of the overpass. I turn around and I go up, and sure enough, the door for the washing machine, the top, is sitting in the middle of the overpass. Traffic. Turn on my hazards. I pull over. There's ice. There's snow. It's just sleet coming down. I, like I said, it was. It was probably negative 40. Uh, it was. But it wasn't fun. And so I'm running out there. I almost fell on my face. And I get the door. I take the wash. And you're going. Get to the end of the story. I'm trying. So I. So I take this home, and I'm like, oh, please, God, let this work. I do all the rigmarole. I get it in the house. I rig it up to work, and lo and behold, it works. Praise God. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, thank you. It's still working, you know, even with my little Jimmy rig thing I got going on. But, you know, I was thinking about that story, and I was thinking about, you know, Jesus and how no launderer on earth can make him pure and bright and as holy as he is and then I was thinking about us and I was thinking about everything I went through with that washing machine and all in my own efforts to just get things clean to just try to clean things up and I was thinking about all of us in our own lives even after we come to Christ how many of us go through so many things we go through so much effort to just purify our lives to try try to work ourselves into the favor of God to try to be good enough when really the key is submission, it's dying to self. When really the key is just praying and seeking God and allowing Him to change you. Submission and obedience, but we try so hard. We try. You know, and then we end up Jimmy rigging the door and trying to, you know, run out in the snow. We try to do things that we don't understand. He's all we need. And then I think about non-believers who, you know, who, who want to clean themselves up before they come to God. It's like washing your car before you take it to the car wash. Or, I guess for this, it'd be like washing all your clothes before you take them to the laundromat or the dry cleaner. It makes no sense. And yet, how many of us try to work favor with God? How many of us try to work, work, work? I think about, you know, one thing that breaks my heart is our LDS friends. You know, it breaks my heart. I have a heart for them, I love them. But all they know is works. They don't know the grace of God, the mercy of God through His grace. They don't understand that it's freely given salvation, it's not something earned. And I just want to remind us that we don't earn it, you know. Um, It's such a beautiful gift. But when I think about all of those things, we are helpless to purify ourselves. We're helpless to clean ourselves. We're helpless to make ourselves pure and
0: spotless. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi, folks. Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God